The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back. Welcome back to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. I'm Patricia Raskin right here on Voice America, America's Voice. We have a very compelling interview right now. You know, there are a lot of people on the streets in our country, and sometimes they're forgotten. But we have an MD psychiatrist who not only hasn't forgotten them, he's really worked with them. His name is Robert L. Oaken. His book is Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Streets. Uh, Dr. Oaken served as Chief of Psychiatry at San Francisco General Hospital and Professor of Clinical Psychiatry at the University of California for 17 years. He's also a former State Commissioner of Mental Health for Vermont and Massachusetts. Again, he's the author of Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Streets. And this offers a glimpse of dark paths marked by abuse and violation and tragedies and crime and drugs and addiction and everyday challenges of homeless men and women who suffer from bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, and other mental illnesses and disabilities. And as part of his career, Dr. Oaken devoted his time to the mentally disabled, and he decided to use a powerful artistic medium to advocate for these people. And we're going to talk about hope here. Welcome, Robert and Dr. Oaken. Welcome, Dr. Oaken. Thanks so much, Patricia. Uh, Yeah, you know, one of the things you told me off off air, which was amazing, is that you actually spent time on the streets with these folks from morning till night. Yes. Wow. Uh, About two years interviewing Mm. people and photographing them and finding out about their stories, how they became homeless, and how how they managed to survive on the streets. Hmm. So, how did this all start for you? I mean, how did this... Let's go back a little bit. You know, how did this begin? Well, I've, I've always been uh, concerned about people with serious mental illness, and my, my career uh, has, has always been involved with that group of people. But mm. when, I, um, when I left the... Uh, position of chief of psychiatry at San Francisco General, uh, one night uh, I was kind of hurrying to my car uh, in the rain, and I saw a woman lying on the street getting rained on, and she was obviously cold and wet, and I couldn't get her out of my mind. Um, you know, there was something about 
there was something about her and the fact that she was going to be rained on that night and the next day and the next night. I just felt like I needed to try to understand how, how people like this survived. Hmm. How they how they dried their clothes? If they dried their clothes, wow. uh, what they did what they did with their possessions when they needed to go into a coffee shop because they're generally pushing their possessions around in a cart and stores won't let people take their carts in and it's very easy to have all their possessions stolen. You know what they. What they did when they wanted to relieve themselves and there were no public bathrooms. I mean, the simplest things that we take for granted are unbelievable challenges to, to these people. So that's, mm. that's how it started. I just wanted to talk to them and find out how they managed. Hmm. So how, how are you able to help them is the question. Because that's overwhelming. Yeah. How were you able to help them? Well, you know, it's it's kind of uh, in in a way, it's it's really ironic that this is a problem that is eminently solvable. Uh, mm. You know, th- this country has a lot of homeless people, uh, over six hundred thousand homeless people. Uh, and maybe 250,000 of them are mentally ill. Mm. Most, most developed countries do not have this problem. And mm. the solution to the problem is supportive housing and a social worker to help them navigate the different, uh, different parts of their lives that they're, that they're having trouble with. And if they, if society provided people with just those two things, chronic homelessness would decrease dramatically in this country. Why do you think there's so much of it here in one of the richest countries? That's what amazes me, and not so much of it in other countries. Well, you know, other developed countries, by and large, have a, a, a much more robust social safety net. Uh, they, have, um, uh, they have a commitment to taking care of people who are really down on their luck. Where mm. in this country, people, it's part of the individualism of this country that uh, mm. we haven't invested in a social safety net that is as robust as other countries. Yeah. Yeah, it's almost as though, and I hate to say this, it's almost as though they're discarded. But they are discarded, aren't they? They are discarded. I mean, there's a kind of a cultural ideal in this country of making it on your own. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that's a wonderful ideal for most people. But there are some people who just honestly can't make it on their own. And those people tend to get pushed to the margins of society. Uh, discarded, scorned, and actually blamed for their uh, uh, for, for the fact that they can't make it on their own, mm. and that that shows up at the ballot box because our budget does not uh, does not help to take care of them the way it needs to. Yeah, do you see it changing? Do you think it's changing? 
You do? Well, I think if it is, it's changing very slowly. I mean, there, there has been an expansion of health care for people who are poor, uh, but the, uh, the income that very poor people who are disabled receive is still, still keeps them in poverty, and the, the amount of housing available for very poor people is, uh, is extremely limited. To get on the housing list is difficult in the first place. And in the second place, it's years before people can get any kind of sub- mm-hmm. subsidized housing. You know, now, my there, first... There, Go ahead. Yeah, there, there are a couple of exceptions to this and a couple of bright lights. And I think they're important because they, they kind of show the path. In the last two years, there's been a focus on homeless veterans. And the result of that focus and a corresponding budget to give them housing uh, has been that uh, there's been a decrease in that in homelessness among that group of people by 24% in only two years. So this, it proves that this is a solvable problem. It just needs to, it just needs to be focused on. And hopefully that's going to change. Did you have any preconceived ideas about the homeless? You know, and if you did, what was your misconception and how did it change after you worked with them? Well, I think that before I did, I didn't realize just how brutal the conditions of the street were. You know, I had some general vague idea but I didn't, I didn't see it up close. So, for example, this is a, this is a, this may seem like a trivial example, but it really made an impact on me. I, I was uh, having lunch with somebody who was homeless, a woman who didn't have any teeth, and a lot of homeless people have lost their teeth due to infection. And I was just struck by how hard it was for her to, to eat. It was painful. She couldn't eat many things, you know, because she was chewing with her gums. So that's an example of something that you just wouldn't think of unless you were actually close to somebody who was, who was homeless. Mm, wow. So, go ahead, go ahead, uh, go ahead. Yeah, so another thing was that I knew people obviously got rained on in, in the... Uh, you know, who were living on the street, but I didn't realize just how long it took for their clothes to dry out. So that even when the sun came out, you know, they were wet and cold for days afterwards. Um, and I didn't, I didn't realize just how discouraging it was to be on the street. You know, m- one of the greatest enemies of homeless, of, of being on the street is boredom. I mean, people have nothing to do, and they have largely given up on the system and have absolutely no vision for their future. Yeah. Mm. Wow. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, I think the main question I want to ask you is, you know, what can we do? What can the average person do to help people who are on the street? Um, Good questions. 
Yeah. All right. Tell us um, how we can get the book, and we're going to take a quick break, and we'll come right back. Okay. How can we get the book? Uh, anybody who goes on Amazon uh, can order it. It's relatively cheap. It's about you know, it's about fifteen or seventeen dollars. Uh, or they could go to my website at Robert Oaken O K I N M D dot com. And uh, the, web, the website would lead them to the book, and it would also tell them something about the book, show, show them something about the photographs. The photographs uh, are amazing. I, I was just going to mention that. They're in color, some are in black and white, and they're very compelling and, and amazing, beautiful. Did you well, take these photographs? Yes, I did. And I, I learned photography by, you know, through, this, through this project. Oh. I I took photographs while people were telling me about their lives because I didn't want the photographs to be staged. Right. And as, as it says in, in the back of the book, this is a book about hope, not just grief and despair. It challenges yes. us to face the situation and do something about it rather than simply looking away. All right, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we'll be with Dr. Robert Oaken who wrote the book, Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Street. You're listening to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, and this is voiceamerica.com, and we'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Tired of lackluster results with your marketing? Craving more leads in your business? Tune in to the Mojo Marketing Edge with the team behind Mojo Global Marketing, Ira Rosen and Corey Michael Sanchez. Winners of the Marketer of the Year, they will show you how to generate daily leads, build databases of raving fans, and close deals faster than ever before. See what's hot right now and how you can tap into it to generate an endless supply of customers and clients. The Mojo Marketing Edge can be heard every Monday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What can you find on Get Real Radio? Well, quite honestly, who you really are. Join host James Robinson each week for a program designed to reveal more about yourself and your world through words of wisdom and profound guests. You'll discover more about the spiritual movement and how it can work with you and alert you to problems you may not be aware of. It will educate, titillate, and enlighten your mind. Get Real Radio is broadcast live every Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. This could end up being the best time of your week. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is one 866 472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Hello, 
everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to Patricia Raskin Positive Living. Um, our guest, my guest is Robert L. Oaken, MD. His book is Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Streets. Uh, Robert Oaken, MD, served as Chief of Psychiatry at San Francisco General Hospital and Professor of Clinical Psychiatry at the University of California, San Francisco, for 17 years. He's also a former state commissioner of mental health for both Vermont and Massachusetts. And he's really been helping people who have mentally mental uh, ish, mentally ill issues and... He's been out there on the streets himself, really working with folks and investigating human rights violations and in institutions as well. Welcome back, Robert. Okay. Thank you. What can, what can we do? What can the average person do to help? Well, I think there are really two things. One is very small and easy to do, and the other is equally easy, but it's is sometimes difficult to get up the head of steam to do it. So the first thing is just to say hello to people that you pass and not regard them as invisible. Um, it's, it's easy to do that. And you'll find that people really welcome that kind of attention and greeting. The second thing is, and this is the most important, is that the, this fight needs to be joined at the ballot box, and it needs to be joined at a national level. Uh, because if it's done just city by city, then homeless people will move into cities that are doing more for them, and, uh, and the public will quickly get disenchanted. So this is a national issue, and people... If people call their congressperson and senator and demand that they provide housing for homeless people and that homelessness in the richest country on earth has to be solved and has to be solved now, we live in a democracy and we've got to use it. There's no other way. What can we do in terms of working with our legislators calling them, writing letters to them, and getting your friends and relatives to do the same thing. Congress people are very sensitive to uh, public opinion. They know they're running for office in two years, and they, they, uh, they want to hear from their constituents. So the more letters and the more phone calls that can be made to your Congress people, uh, the faster this problem is going to get solved. Mm. You know, one of the things that um, I'm sure you saw was the, the medications. Now, medications exist. They impact mental health of patients. Um, what do you feel about that, particularly for people who are on the streets? Uh, what, do I, what do I think about psychiatric medication? Yeah, particularly well, for people who are on the streets. Yeah, so... I think many mentally ill people can benefit from psychiatric medications, but there is often a price. Some people are very sensitive to the side effects of these medications, and some people decide it's just not worth it. They'd rather live with their delusions and hallucinations than the very uncomfortable 
psychological and physical side effects of the medication. So I think uh, people need to be encouraged. There needs to be real attention to the side effects. And, um, and many people will agree to take them. However, when you're homeless, it's hard to keep track of medication. It often gets lost, it gets stolen, and, it, and many people who would take medication if they, were in, in, if they had housing will not take it when they're on the street. So supportive housing is really the solution to most of the medication problem as well as homelessness itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, where's the hope? I guess that's my real question. Where's the hope here? Well, I, I think the good news is that this is a solvable problem. Uh, this is not astrophysics. You know, if, if, the, uh, if the government provides funds for housing, then, then most people who are chronically homeless will be off the streets. So it's not it's not a super complicated problem. What's, what's complicated is developing the political will to provide, to provide the solution. Uh, so that's, that's the most hopeful thing. There are certain cities like Salt Lake City who, uh, that have put money into supportive housing that have dramatically reduced their chronically homeless population. Speaking of that, talk about a story of somebody who was on the streets that now maybe you helped to get off the streets, somebody you might have followed, and the difference that it made with support. Well, I can tell you about the story of uh, Jeff, who's a man in his 30s who had a very frightening psychotic mother and managed against against all odds to start his adulthood in a, as a as a garbage collector, uh, which he was actually very proud of, uh, he ultimately he lost his job after 12 years when a random drug test proved positive for a small amount of pot, and the loss of that job really did a number on him. It drove him into severe depression, and he tried to medicate himself uh, with hard drugs, which of course, made it impossible for him to find another job, and he ended up on the streets, uh, where his drug habit really intensified. And he slept on, on a sidewalk heating grate for 10 years. He lost all of his teeth from abscesses and then developed an infection, which ultimately traveled to his heart. He was hospitalized at public expense for over $500,000, and at that point, he agreed to participate in a case management program that my colleagues and I at San Francisco General Hospital had created. Within two years, with the help of a social worker, he was able to get subsidized housing, and as a result of this, uh, was able to stop doing drugs and uh, now has a part-time job. My interaction with him was a curious one and really shows how, how little it can take to help someone. I knew that he, I knew that he loved pets, so I took him to an animal shelter and got and helped to get him a kitten. Uh, 
this is this is when he when he was off the streets. Mm. But when he got the kitten, about I would say a month after getting the kitten, and after a ten-year drug habit, he stopped taking drugs. And when I asked him wow. why, he said, "Well, just having something to love and mm. something that loved me just mm. made me realize that I had to I had to get off drugs." You know, it's interesting. Something that it's simple, isn't it? In a lot of ways. Yeah. It's, it's amazing, you know, when you think about love and being touched and being held, how important that is for yeah. all of us. Really important. Mm. Really important. And mm. uh, when you, when you if, if you actually start talking to people who are homeless, what's really striking is, number one, how welcoming most of them are and how willing to talk about their lives and often in very candid ways. So just paying attention to them can make a difference. Like a lot of them just had a bad luck. Yes. Uh, I would say most of them uh, came into this world uh, with, a, with a deck stacked against them. Mm. They were often abused and neglected as children and then as adolescents began to take drugs in order to deal with the emotional distress that the original neglect and abuse caused. And then they entered at adulthood with no employable skills. They had fallen behind in school. And their trip to homelessness was almost inevitable. I often wondered if I could have done any better had I been born into their lives. Yeah, I would say the same. Yeah, amazing. Well, the work you're doing is is remarkable and and really helping so many people. And I really urge people to get this book, Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Streets. Closing thoughts, Dr. Elkin. Well, just that uh, the the reason I wrote this book was because I wanted the public to see beyond the carts and rags and stigmata of poverty of these people and really look into their faces and see that they're human beings like us. Mm. They have fears and joys and struggles and regrets and sometimes dreams. And in those respects, they're like the rest of us. Mm. Mm. Wow. What have you learned? What was the greatest lesson? I guess the, the, the biggest surprise to me was how close to the surface the grief that many of these people carry silently, how close to the surface that was, mm. and how with a few questions... They were talking to me with such authenticity and with such feeling on the surface. Thank you so much for being on the program, Dr. Ogan. Just fantastic. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, we'll chat chat afterwards, and and, uh, thank you again. All right, folks, that wraps up Patricia Ruskin, Positive Living. Such a compelling interview. Please do get the book, which is really special, Silent Voices, People with Mental Disorders on the Street by Robert L. Oaken, M.D. 
Until next time, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. I'm Patricia Raskin. Patricia Raskin, Positive Living. Bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 